Hi everybody and a good morning here from our Stockholm studio. My name is Jeroen Bademans and I'm happy to be able and honored to have you here at this Business Bus Outlook session. A session in which we always try to have an in-depth conversation on, well, let's say burning topics, pressing issues, challenges and trends. And today, well, we have a, let's say, burning topic and challenges and a trend to discuss. We're going to talk about unleashing the power of ChatGPT and how it will impact, improve, affect business and business transformation. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let me then introduce you to our speaker of today. Our speaker of today is Gerd Leonard. He is, and I have to read it out loud because his CV is extending extending he is listed by wired magazine as one of the top 100 most influential people in europe he is one of the leading uh, futurists talking about uh, media in the world and um, he is a highly recognized global influencer across all different topics related to media and the future so i am very happy to uh, welcome one of the top virtual speakers as well today in our studio, in our virtual studio. Please welcome Gert Leonard. Hi Gert, welcome to our show today. Hello everybody, nice to be here. You're all the way from Zurich, I guess? Yes, I'm in the studio in Zurich right now and uh, beaming across the internet to you. Yeah, and uh, the, we can hear and see you loud and clear. So uh, very happy to uh, to have you uh, in our studio and to have a talk about, yeah, I already mentioned in the introduction, a burning topic, a challenge, a trend, chat GPT. How would you, uh, well, let's say, uh, identify this? Is it a trend? Is it a burning topic? Is it an issue? Is it a challenge? What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, it could be heaven or it could be hell, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think that's 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 true for a lot of technology. But basically, uh, ChatGPT and of course language models and AI isn't new. It's been around for twenty years, and, and deep learning and machine learning driving it, of course. But the fact is that OpenAI decided to release the chatbot into the public. It created a kind of a moon landing moment, you know. The Americans went to the moon because the, the Russians got out this, the Sputnik first, right? Uh, and so they had to go to the moon to beat them. And, and this is kind of the same thing now. So basically the chat GPT is the Sputnik and now the uh, people on the moon is Bing and, and Google and so on, uh, trying to integrate into search. So this is a very, very big deal uh, for many reasons. I think it has great applications, great use. I use it all the time now. And it has grave uh, concerns and issues, of course, uh, as well, like every big technology. But suffice to say that this isn't going to be like the metaverse right? <laughs> or Bitcoin or blockchain. It isn't just going to percolate along, right? This is a real game-changing moment. Um, and it's something we really, really should be looking at across the board. Yeah, great. A real game-changing moment. That's uh, something to follow up on in this conversation. I asked the audience to share their experiences and their knowledges and their thoughts about ChatGPT in the chat. And please, if you have not done so far, please do share your uh, thoughts about it. Do you use it? Do you like it? Do you see some challenges? Please drop me a few words in the chat. For example, Gert, we have one, an early adopter and madly in love with it. Are you in love with ChatGPT, Gert? You know, I'm a big of a geek. You know, I try everything. I used to be a musician and producer, so I like twiddling with stuff. Um, I think really I uh, I feel excited about it. 
Um, for example, I use it in my own work. I use an app called Runway. Uh, Runway is a fantastic app that's driven by OpenAI, ChatGPT in the background, and it generates, for example, new images on top of existing ones. It makes videos from images. It makes subtitles. It does all of those basic things. You know, I don't use it to really tell me the truth about anything, but uh, it's a fantastic everyday tool that I, you know, I cut down my work by fifty yeah. percent in some cases, and that and that's really good. On the other hand, you know, I say I, I'm definitely concerned about what a machine would do that gives answers. You know, search, for example, is uh, is about questions. And then I, I can I can get links and I can make up my own mind. I have to make up my own mind. But ChatGPT says, here's the answer, right? Yeah. And you know, we tend to believe machines. This is the kind of anthropological, no, anthropomorphical thing, right? <laughs> like we think the machine knows everything yeah. and it knows more than we do, right? And that is, I think, potentially quite disastrous for things like social media and, of course, democracy and, you know, yeah, making before, up your own mind and the, you know. Yeah, before we deep dive into the, 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 the implications and, and the challenges, of course, let me get for one step back just for... Uh, assume there is somebody in the room right now that doesn't know anything about ChatGPT and OpenAI. Uh, uh, can you briefly explain what it exactly is and what it exactly does? Well, it's a, it's a basically a language learning model, which means that uh, the artificial intelligence of software basically uh, looks for patterns and clues about how to answer a question by looking at a thousand million statements that were made before sentences and words and everything. Uh, picture a giant parrot essentially going back to a huge repertoire of things or uh, a robot going to a, uh, a, a cupboard, an armoire with uh, two trillion socks and pulling out the right socks at the right moment. So it combines all those sentences into a plausible answer, right? It's a, it's a language learning model. So it does not apply any justification, any, I mean, it doesn't have any of those things. It generates responses very nicely. And currently, these responses can be both scarily interesting and human sounding and sometimes even funny, right? And also completely off the track because, you know, of course, it's it's being fed by internet search, right? So bottom line on ChatGPT is the next generation, which is using the 4.0 engine from OpenAI, will get a lot more accurate, a lot more real time. And it is providing solid answers. You know, if you go to chat.openai.com, you can try it if it's actually online. You know, it's been very busy, a million yeah. users, I think, per day now. So well, that's kind of the bottom line. And will it uh, replace Google, for example? Because I often hear that it's a new uh, search engine. You can ask everything. Well, you can currently ask everything to Google as well. Will it replace or what's the difference? Will it, will it stay next to each other? What do you think? Well, the the good thing about search is that um, it is not providing answers per se. You know, it's providing links to answers or videos or images or whatever. And then you go and you say, okay, I believe this, I don't believe it. But so uh, that is kind of search is more neutral that way. When you have an engine that you say, okay, I'm experiencing trouble in my relationship, you know, what is the next step in my therapy or something? Yeah. You know, the bot can give you an answer just like can give you an answer on cooking or fixing a motorcycle or on politics in Sweden, right? But uh, it cannot make any new knowledge. It doesn't, that's not possible. It cannot look in the future, right? Uh, and, and currently it stops at 2021, the database, right? Yeah. Um, so, so giving answers is a completely different cup of tea because it kind of sounds like that is the answer, right? 
um, and of course, it's it's kind of like search in that way, is that there are many possible answers, right? But uh, when uh, right now you're typing, but imagine once we start speaking to the chatbot, right? And it speaks back to us on the on the wristwatch, right? Then we kind of act like this is the know-it-all kind of uh, uh, omnipotent machine. Um, so that is the difference between search and this. And I think search engines integrating this will be done on a very gradual level, like u.com does that now, right? Bing does it now in the new Edge browser. Google will do that soon in the sense of having an optional chat bar right? and being careful about you know, the relevance of these answers and uh, and the fact checking, which really can't be done yeah. in any meaningful way uh, at the current level. So that's actually so. what you're saying. It, it, it can be a very convenient tool, but please always be aware on that it is not the single truth, that you always have to keep thinking yourself as well well i always say that we should be we should be happy with our tools and and the tools are changing our work all the time right but we shouldn't make the tool the purpose right yeah. uh, it's like you know when you use a hammer to build a house you don't come home and put the hammer on the altar you know the hammer is like you know religion um <laughs> and the same goes for ai you know this is a tool that we use and and we have to remain skeptical and we have to keep asking questions i think dali and uh Kevin Kelly once said, humans are for questions, machines are for answers. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so true in this case. We should not be overestimating the truth and the, the validity of the answer. Uh, but I think it will be so tempting, and that is the key problem I think that we'll have. Uh, it, it'll be a, like a huge laziness machine, you know, if we're not careful. No, exactly. So, yeah, because having this tool, people can be more leave it up to this tool as such and also pretend that this is that this is the truth right uh, let me let me get you some we, we get a lot of feedback and thank you so much back home or at your office or wherever you are for sharing your thoughts on chat gpt please keep it coming because we will really want you to join this conversation uh, get people uh, what, I, what i see uh, with, a, with a quick scan is that people find it really interesting they've heard about it some of them are trying it a bit and find out how it works most of them actually in a more private, personal sesh, uh, uh, perspective, not really into business. What stage is actually the use of ChatGPT right now? Is it a tool that people are still experimenting, are trying to, to discover, or is it already, well, is it is it there? Is it already implemented in a lot of businesses? What do you think? I think people using it individually if they have access, and, and very soon it will cost for the able charge for the access, right? I think forty dollars was the plan. Um, right now, it's it's overloaded most of the time. But you know, I, I can see businesses using it already. For example, the other day I saw a guy on Twitter who says, "I have a real estate business. I have to list thirty new houses every week, and I will just put in standard stuff into Chat GPT, and we'll make a nice sounding text, right? Yeah. I mean, obvious, obvious, right? And no harm done there. I mean, those texts are as boring as they are by a human. That's boring. So there's not much of a difference. <laughs> you know, people are using that and you know for creating quick websites. You know, whether it's cookie cutter stuff. You know, but what we don't want to get to is that we have more cookie cutter stuff, right? For example, now there's the first people using it for social media. So you can tell the bot to generate a reply. You know, every 14 seconds on. You know the danger of Turkey joining the European Union, 
uh, and <laughs> whatever your topic is, right? Yep. And then you can probably get another bot to tweet it all the time. So that's kind of hyperdrive of of a bad things, you know. Yep. But I think at this point, we're at the very early stage. It's not at all at the commercial level. It's not scalable at that point. It's not real time. It's not really with ethical guardrails. I think it's quite a bit away from large scale commercial use, if you ask me. And is that uh, right away the biggest challenge? Yeah? It's it's it, it, there are not enough guardrails yet. You say it's 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 still in this discovery stage. Is that is that one of the biggest challenge at this point in time that people will use it not the way it should use or use it for well let's say negative bad things thoughts i read that the honestly, question honestly, in the I, conspiracy I, theories that these kind of things yeah well honestly i think it's kind of like open ai and, and uh uh the people behind open AI, sam altman and others you know they wanted to be like the sputnik you know they want to put out the sputnik and say here we are you know we're going to the moon and, and now bing and and, go, and google will go actually to the moon <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and open AI will go as well, I'm sure. You know, they they just got 10 billion from Microsoft. So 49% owned by Microsoft now, right? Yeah. So um we can expect really fast development. Is it ready to replace search? No. I mean search is search is just completely different. But this is the first time that Google gets any serious, I would I wouldn't say competition, but but rivalry, you know, where people will pay attention to this, and this is why Google is moving quickly. However, I would caution uh, any of those guys, including Baidu and Tencent and all the other ones, uh, to treat this like it is actually like an, uh, like a, an express train to the moon. Hmm. You know, the Americans went to the moon, and that was it. We never went back. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep that in mind. You know, it's not that trivial to go to the moon. Yeah. And I think it's not that trivial to use an AI to give you answers in a search engine. That is just, that is just because you keep in mind, you know, that humans make up their decisions by you by looking at a decision tree, and images and 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 their feelings, of course, right? And the AI knows nothing about this. It knows nothing about real life. No. <laughs> you know, it it only knows the data life. So I think we should remain careful as to you know how much we rely on it yeah let us focus now for a bit on the for a bit because it's one of the themes of course of this session the implications and the challenges but also the opportunities for businesses and for business transformation um mm -hmm. what do you think in terms of uh businesses organizations companies uh business leaders who are watching and also by the way listening this chat as well because we will also uh, distribute it as a podcast uh, if I'm uh, if I'm right. So uh, to our watch people who watch and are listening, um, what do you think in terms of implementation in businesses? Where are we, and what do you think as the biggest opportunities to start off with on the positive side? What do you think? Well, there's an old saying I think from the 1930s from from a uh, from a Supreme Court judge that said. Um, one one machine can replace a hundred ordinary workers, but no machine can can replace an extraordinary worker. Right? Yeah. Well, in, in those days, I said men, of course, right? Um, but basically, and this is the same thing today. You know, a person, a, a good person, using artificial intelligence and using a chatbot and using generative AI and whatever you want to call it, a person with that tool will beat a person without that tool, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a, a person, just the tool won't beat anybody. I mean, we can see that in self-driving cars. We don't have self-driving cars, like, I mean, kind of, but not really in that large way that we had envisioned 10 years ago, right? So a person 
in a self-driving car that may fall asleep and the car takes over, that will be the person that does not have it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think this businesses will be just the same. So if you don't use these tools and get faster and smarter, more efficient, and you know more clued in, uh, you will likely fall behind. And that is crucial for like insurance, right? Like the world of an actuary, you know, being able to estimate damages and so on, right? All that stuff, AI is good for that, right? Yeah. Uh, Financial services, you know, Charles Schwab in the U.S. already has an intelligent portfolio with an AI running it, you know, and, and now you can speak to it, right? Yep. Customer service. You can you can imagine if you're an airline, you know, a really smart bot that knows all about me from the database, uh, I can speak to the bot like a person. I can say, look, I got to change my flight and the, and the app can do it in 14 seconds and it can do 50,000 at the same time, you know? Um, so all that stuff is coming, and it will be everywhere where we don't need human, the human touch. So that's right? a, um, from a business from a business yeah. perspective. That's that that's a gain, I guess, purely from a business perspective, because your 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 organization becomes more efficient, also cost efficient because you need less people, so you can really be efficient in your processes, but also in your, well, let's say your 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 business, your profits as well. Uh, that. Yeah, Those but, but gains. Uh, keep in mind, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, keep in mind that efficiency isn't the ultimate goal. You know, efficiency is an interim goal. And if we go too much towards efficiency, we lose the meaning, right? For example, if you were using a chatbot with a Pond Circle customer at Lufthansa and top the top tier, you know, which, which I which I got into just recently because I still fly too much. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't want the chatbot to talk to a Hon Circle person by himself, right? Because what's the point? You know, there there's no individual touch here, right? Uh, and for example, just like you wouldn't take away the checkout person in a supermarket uh, in Italy in a small village where the checkout person is the connector for everybody yeah. in the village, right? Yeah, there will always and be so a human touch, you say. Yeah. There will always be a human touch necessary in getting this, this customer experience, getting the most value out of it. Not always. I think commodity jobs are commodity jobs, you know? So if you're EasyJet and and, uh, and there's no real ranking of customers there, right? You can talk to a bot and we'll rearrange and charge you 30 quid to change your flight. Uh, you know, that's commodity work, right? And basically, I've said for a long time, whatever can be automated, digitized, robotized, virtualized, chatbotized, right? Basically, will be. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and that has significant impact on our structure and companies and and also on the on the profit margin and those kind of things. But it doesn't mean that we're going to be out of work because imagine if 20% of my work is removed because I have a smart chatbot, you know, it frees up my time to do more meaningful work. And I, so I have to learn a few new things or maybe I can play golf more often. I don't know, you know, but, <laughs> well, but, like but for the same world, money, right? right? Yeah. Now you tell me... Point, right? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you told me yesterday when we had the the the, the preparation of of this talk. If you do uh, work that can be done by robots, it will be done by robots in the end. Is that basically what you? Yeah, I mean, I I always say if you work like a robot, a robot will take your job. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if if you learn like a robot, you'll never have a job, or you end up working for the robots. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and so really, what we have to be aware of that this means we can drop the robotic stuff, and and many of us do commodity work, or donkey work, you know, whatever, whatever, monkey work, whatever you want to. Call. I mean, even I do that, right? So. Uh, I mean, especially because when I do research and stuff. So I think when we can drop some of that work and we can rely on 
uh, and be skeptical also about our tools, right? I mean, there's no reason to be skeptical about a hammer. You know, a hammer is a hammer. Yeah. But when you're when you're looking at information, you always have to be skeptical and ask questions, right? And I think it was an Italian philosopher, Gromsky, who once said, um, skepticism of the intellect, but optimism of the mind, right? Uh, and, and that is just so important. We can't rely on those machines to deliver the truth. We can only rely on them to deliver, you know, the obvious and, and the interesting and the entertaining. And sometimes, yeah, more yeah. than that. But we don't we don't know when. No. Right? It's no, like, exactly. uh, you, know, you, you know, you don't drive in a self-driving car on the German highway going 250 kilometers an hour <laughs> and, and sit in the backseat and, and eat a hamburger. You know, that would be... Uh, not that yet. Would be grossly Not yet. Dangerous. I would say, right? Not yet. Yeah. No. But 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 you can fall asleep in the traffic jam. Yeah. And it will handle it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have a question from the audience, and and just on this. So you don't think that it will worsen the customer experience by using more bots or Chat GPT in your processes? You mentioned some examples: EasyJet, call centers. Uh, you do think that it doesn't doesn't have a negative impact on the customer experience, right? Um. Well, that depends how you use it and on the context of the usage, right? I mean, if you bought a $50,000 Gucci bag, you probably wouldn't want a bot, right? Uh, when, you, when you talk to customer service. And the other thing is, you know, you can, you can use technology in, in really bad ways. Um, so a lot of people will be tempted to get lazy with this and say, oh, just let the bot do it, which is not a good idea. I mean, uh, basically, you know, if you're looking at things like face recognition, uh, people have used that in the past, for example, uh, even though it wasn't intended, to, uh, to screen employees, right? And uh, basically, when you're talking to somebody that you want to hire, the AI scans his face or her face and, and says it, the person is really thinking something completely different, right? Yeah. And that is a nefarious use of technology, in my view. It's infringing on who we are and dehumanizing us. If we do the same with chatbots, then that, that's your problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you have to use this technology in a wise way. For example, I, you know, so I mean, uh, call centers. I think ninety percent of those will be automated, because you know, because now we can, but we're still going to have human supervisors, and we're still going to have people watching, and and hopefully some of those jobs will migrate somewhere else. Um, but yes, it will have impact on the routine jobs, which you know, like I said, if your job is routine, then your job will be gone, and, yeah. and this is something we have to keep in mind for our social structure. Right? Yeah, let's let's jump on another perspective from uh, uh, from a business perspective, which is security, data protection, uh, uh, dealing with confidential information. Uh, there's also some questions and some thoughts coming in the chat on how do you deal with that uh, using open AI? Uh, because it's, it, it's an, it's an it's some. It's a machine. You put something in. How do you deal with confidential information, data security, privacy, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? What, what, what are your thoughts on mm. that? Given the the businesses who want to implement this. Yeah, I think when it's about security and safety and trust and those kind of things, I think it it is potentially like social media, but five hundred times as bad. Oh wow. Um, so, <laughs> so, so in other words, you know, I can go on social media, make a fool of myself. People can use it against me for hiring. Uh, has been done many times, right? <laughs> uh, and they can they they can they can profile me as as you know having said this, having said that, and you know you have this bullshit rating of futurists, for example, about you know how many Twitter followers you have, and all these kind of things. You know, these are essentially synthetic 
things, you know, they're they're fabricated, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and so if we use AI in, a, in this way, that's one huge topic that really nobody has tackled. You know, how do you, I mean, can you put this kind of conversation behind encryption? Uh, and if so, you know, who, I mean, Apple has decided to put all of the stuff on iPhone behind encryption and the FBI is super upset about this, yeah. right? Uh, in fact, is suing Apple, I think, uh, and uh, holding steadfast, a huge topic, right? So uh, that, in my view, as long as it really isn't safe, you know, would I upload my DNA to a chatbot to analyze it for potential cancer uh, uh, occurrences? <laughs> you know, probably not. Mm. But and, and this is really the number one topic. You know, we love the tech stuff, but if it's going to end up being a free for all, like Facebook. Uh, or social media, then then most people will not do that and will not trust it, right? It's also so, a matter of um, trust um, when you when you use it, right? If you, for example, if someone's watching or listening to us right now, and and someone thinks, well, I think this is interesting, and I think I can I can use it really in my business processes in my organization. It's also a matter of letting things go and trust on the machine, right? It's it's a, it's it can be a mind uh, shift as well. There are certain things that we can let go and that we should let go. Uh, for example, I think Google Maps is a great example. You know, we use Google Maps now, but uh, in in strange cities, we kind of use it completely. But if we know the city, we question it, right? In fact, Google Maps makes really utterly bizarre mistakes. You know, the story of these tourists going to the yeah. favela in, Indi in, uh, in, in, in Rio de Janeiro and getting almost killed because of Google Maps. <laughs> I mean, there's many others there. Yeah? But so we use Google Maps, we kind of trust it. But I'm not like I would trust my wife, you know, mm. or, you know, or I, I have questions. And I think with AI, it's going to be the same thing. It's kind of like Google Maps uh, uh, symptom, you know, where I say, yeah, that's interesting. But there's just no way that this is the best way. It's, it's just too long, goes over the mountain. You know, Google Maps does not consider those things because Google Maps isn't sentient. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's not aware of everything, only aware of data, right? It is essentially patterns, not meaning. And I, I think this is where we have to be very careful in business because the biggest resource we have in business is our trust with our customers. Yeah. And, and if, if we mistreat them, um, you know, I think sometimes we can say, look, you can, for example, I would say if you're a top circle member, you know, you call, everything is busy. You say, hey, here's your option. Talk to our chatbot, right? Get it done quickly. Fine. If yeah, it you, works. You already <laughs> briefly touched upon that. I think you mentioned the example of the call center. We also got a question coming in on on the on the role and the jobs of people right now. They they will get different jobs and different responsibilities and different way of thinking, right? They have to do their work differently, but also think differently and doing different things. Do you think that jobs will disappear and also a lot of people will lose their jobs? Or do you think people have to uh, being educated again on doing things differently? Well, first, I think uh, the, the, the kind of ugly truth here really is that, uh, again, a robot job, you know, if you have robotic work and it's 95% of what you do, then your job is gone. It's like welding in the car factory. You're, people don't do that anymore, you know? No. <laughs> if your job is 80% routine, then the, the remaining 20 uh, I still got to be there for that, right? Like, you know, if I, I can drive a truck across America in, in one of those connected convoys, you know, with with electronic means and uh, with smart trucks, right? But I want to get off the intersection to go to the store, and, and, and the app doesn't do that, 
No. Right? So, so there's so always a sleep. human interaction then, needed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't think there'll be that many jobs that, that will be changed for this. But think of the Maslow pyramid, right? The same is true for jobs. On the lowest common level of this pyramid is data information and simple binary knowledge, right? Uh, that means yes, yes, no kind of knowledge, right? Machines will have that. Machines have data information, unlimited depository of knowledge. I mean, this will be apparently clear by 2030. So we're moving in our work on the next level of work, which is about uh, tacit knowledge, quiet knowledge, understanding, uh, wisdom, purpose, you know, all of those kind of ephemeral things. <laughs> I call them the algorithms, the human things, you know, not the algorithms. And, and, and there's plenty of jobs there. The only thing is that I think if we're going to save 50% of operating money, for example, if you're a telecom doing customer service, right? I think that money needs to be put back to some degree, not just into the margin of the company and higher dividends, but into the circle of the economy by creating possibilities of re-education, reschooling, yeah. reskilling, and, and otherwise it's just a complete free-for-all, you know, extreme capitalist kind of uh, squeeze. Yeah. Um, let me jump on another topic from business perspective, which is about measurement and KPIs and um, uh, getting the right output in in order to to meet specific business requirements um that related to the use of jet gpt in this case um do you think it is possible to um measure or let's say define the outputs of using jet gpt and do you think it can also for example, measure the specific outcomes in terms of customer satisfaction or the business requirements you need? I, I think it can very well do all of that. I mean, imagine if you were feeding all of your data inside the company, including uh, internal things into your internal version of chat GPT, right? Uh, and then you could ask it intelligent questions like, you know, do customers really like this product? <laughs> and, 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 you know, keeping in mind that this machine is binary, right? So it's looking at yes or no answers. You know, it could it could yield some real-time results that are pretty astonishing, right? Uh, I think. The, again, the safety security question is big here. Yeah. Um, it, it, if we take it with a grain of salt, yeah, and I think this, the, this is the, the most difficult thing because humans tend to be very much believers into this kind of truth engine, which is clearly is not. Uh, it, it can be completely wrong because again, it's binary, right? It doesn't know real life. So this is why I think like, okay, if you're going to hire a person because your chatbot has interviewed them and that turned out great, I think you're in deep trouble, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I can interview a person even on Zoom, but in person four seconds and I say, no, not gonna work. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I think this is it's kind of like online dating. You know, you have this perfect profile online. You meet the perfect man or woman. Uh, it, it looks like 110% on, on score. And then you go to the meeting, it's three seconds. No, no, mistake, right? Yeah. And, and why is that? Because a lot of data that humans use is not data that machines get, right? Yeah. So I think we need to be using it for the trivial you know, for the monkey work, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a great example, you know, for a travel agency, for example, is to uh, to figure out what is the sentiment about where people want to go, the zeitgeist, you know, Google Trends, basically, right? 
Yep. So I can figure out what people are very likely to want to hear about, right? And I can create a web page with that offering in like 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? uh, and I can I can fix my code on my web page, you know, if it ha doesn't have the right links and things like that. I mean, it's super powerful. I, I just saw some some people already uh, uh, discovering ChatGPT as we speak with each other because somebody we talked about uh, the 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 possible issue of privacy and data protection and, and, and confidential information. Somebody asked ChatGPT, uh, "Is the information I give to you confidential?" And ChatGPT answered, "Yes, it is very confidential. You can trust on that. I will." keep all your information private and confidential. And then you just said before, it's not a truth engine. It's a, it, you always have to think yourself. And I think, well, of course, JetGPT answers that it is confidential, right? It's a, you always have to keep thinking yourself that is this the uh, truth? No, yeah. probably not. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't think that they have evil intent at OpenAI or Microsoft for that matter, or Google. Um, but inadvertently, this is just like Facebook. You know, Facebook inadvertently became the biggest destroyer of democracy yeah. by disinformation. Yeah. Right? Did Mark set out to destroy democracy? No, but did he close his eyes because there was lots of money coming in? Yes, and I find that unethical. Yeah, you know that's why I stopped using Facebook. It's a great example. We don't want an AI company to come and do the same thing that Facebook has done. It makes you know, Facebook makes 150 million dollars profit per day, right? Uh, probably a little bit less now, but but still, right? And, and we don't want an AI company, and this is the biggest temptation for Microsoft, I think, you know, if Satya and his team are sitting there and saying, wow, this is like a trillion dollar machine, right? Yeah. It's the key to the kingdom. I think we need to be also very much looking at uh, the function of this in society and not just as, and I think Satya will do that and his team, uh, we'll do that. I'm not so sure about Baidu or, or Tencent, you know, in that regard. But, um, you know, the biggest question about all that stuff is what is the purpose and does it have collective benefit, you know? Yeah. And yeah. if it doesn't have collective benefit, then it's it's going to be, eventually it'll be a giant train wreck like Facebook, you know? Yeah, and, and, and you do think that, for example, Microsoft will deal with that properly, but you always have to be aware that other parties won't, and that that could be, let's say, in brief, the Facebook case as well. Could be one of the biggest well, challenges I think that, of the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be inadvertent. It doesn't have to be by design, right? I mean, they, th the thing is, for example, if you're a CEO of a company and you're saying, okay, uh, I do this, and it's slightly a little bit unethical, but I make $5 trillion. And then I do this, which is completely ethical and above the board, you know, with yeah. guardrails. I get $1 trillion, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, clearly, I mean, and, and this will not work without supervision. I think clearly we're going to have to regulate what happens here, who gets what answer. Do we need a red flag for a machine answer, right? Uh, this is, I think I would be adamant about this. I want to know who's making this answer. Yeah. And if I search, I don't I don't need it because I, I can disbelieve whatever I want, right? It's like when you watch regular television, you know, you're watching whatever is CNN, you say, okay, I know CNN and this is why I question it, right? Uh, just like when you read The Guardian or so, right? Yeah. Uh, but here we, we need a flag that says, I'm a machine, I may be lying. Yeah, you know? it's not- Or a, I may I be, I, you know, making up stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it keeps uh, it keeps coming up that it's not the truth engine. I think that's one of the key the key takeaways in using uh, machines like this. I would like to 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 get back a little bit on the example you mentioned uh, uh, short short ago the 
example of the travel agency. Uh, that the travel agency could use it, for example, to see trends, uh, to make website texts of it, to to make other, uh, well, let's say marketing content of it. Eh? One of the questions also is, how can chat uh, GPT help you in creating engaging marketing content and, for example, sales uh, purposes as well? Uh, can you elaborate a bit on that? Well, there was a great article in The Atlantic the other day uh, uh, talking about how the prompting of an AI is becoming a skill, right? Yeah, prompting it. means you give it the right commands, right? So if I just go to chat GPT and say, tell me about Gerd Leonhardt and why, you know, why he, uh, what he talks about, right? Okay, that's trivial. You get a cookie cutter, just like Google, basically, right? But if you drill deeper and you ask the right questions and complex questions, you get, you get complex answers, right? So you need to be very good at the prompts, right? And the prompting, developing the prompting, for example, in this case, I would say, the most popular destinations in the world and why do people go there and what are they saying about it? And then the next question could be something like, you know, what would it take to promote that location? You know, if I'm in, you know, New Jersey or whatever, right? And and those kind of questions it can answer. However, you know, I use a tool called SudoWrite, S-U-D-O-Write, mm -hmm. um, which I use to write. And that is using OpenAI's ChatGPT engine. And it's a fantastic tool, it's not free. I think you can try it for free, but basically it rewrites entire paragraphs and website text and stuff for you by making a command like rephrase, be more descriptive, be more intense, you know. And uh, I mean, I'm not a native English speaker, but I'm doing pretty good with English, but, but <laughs> you know, sometimes I want to I want to have it shorter because you know I I write things in the German way, very large and elaborate, you know. So <laughs> This machine will say, cut it down to the essence, right? And it will do it for me. And I find it you know, a little bit odd, but I, then I change it. So basically, SudoWrite is a fantastic tool for writing stuff, you know? And But if you write badly, it will come out badly. You know, junk in, junk out, right? Will, um, will, that's will the same. Asking Ed, the, the right prompt, that will be, according to you as well, the skill for the future? Absolutely. It's like, well, it's like, okay, if you don't know how to use a Google search, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people still don't know that really. And they, uh, they're searching very badly. But if you're a master of Google search, then you get really good results. And, and the same will be here. You know, if I have the right prompt, for example, if I use um, Runway or I, I use um, um, what you call it, Midway, right? Midjourney. Uh, Midway was the battle. No, Midjourney. <laughs> yeah. uh, I use Mid I use Midjourney to make images. You know, I need to have some really good prompts. Uh, I... And you can see lots of stuff already online on how to prompt. And there's now, in fact, a, a website that sells prompts. <laughs> that even sells prompts. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, what and, will and, be and, your? Yeah, it's what... an it's an art, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I can imagine that that business leaders are listening or watching now. And and thinking well, I, I would like to 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 discover this. And and given the fact that that using the right prompt is one of the key skills for the near future, not for the far future, but really for the near future. What what's the two three uh, advices you have in in making it, writing a good prompt, according to you? Well, I, I think the one thing that you can try immediately is to to, uh, to prompt your own products. You know, like, like for example, you go in and say, you know, what are people saying about, you know, XYZ tires or about banking services by uh, Julius Baer or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you can get an answer and then you can drill, drill, uh, drill deeper and say, 
well, are, is anybody talking about how we did something wrong? Or, you know, you can, I mean, those kind of things are extremely interesting because you're getting back this kind of sentiment report, you know, keeping in mind it's not real time, it stops at 2022, and that will eventually, at 2021, but it will eventually change. And I think this is a great way of learning. You know, I, I would never use that stuff just like that, you know, but I, I would use it to say, oh, that's interesting. People are saying that, you know, we are questionable with our products in sustainability terms or, yeah. you know, uh, these kind of things are hard to find in Google searches. Yeah. Um, and so it's also like the how to, this is, the, this is the best use of all of it, like how to, right? So uh, let's say you're doing a webcast in your, with your company and you've never done a webcast before, right? Uh, you don't know what equipment to buy. You go in and you say, I'm doing a webcast for 10,000 customers. I want it to be, you know, technically great looking and stuff. You know, what are the options? And it will give you all the options and you can drill deeper. You can order equipment directly from the box, you know? Um, and, and that is a lot faster than traditional search. However, again, th there's no truth factor here in the sense of yeah. it being objective or so, right? But, but it saves you a ton of time. Yeah. But also interesting, you said in the beginning that the current data set from OpenAI lasts until 21. Does it? Does, mm -hmm. does that is, is isn't that a challenge from a business perspective as well? Because if I would like to use it as from tomorrow, perhaps the information is probably not state of the art because there can be many developments that have taken place in 22 that aren't included yet. Yeah, I think this is one of the great confusions about ChatGPT and, and generative AI in general. You know, it, it is. I, I don't think it's possible to make it real time because real time is an infinite universe. You know, it, it, yeah. the data is like doubling every two weeks, right? So, so even the data from twenty one to twenty three was probably already five x as much as all of the data before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so you know, I, I'm not so sure that's possible. And and this is what search does, right? Another very big advantage of search, it, it can be real-time. You just use a menu. Uh, and so I think what Bing is looking to do, which I find interesting, you know, the first chance of Bing to come out of the twilight there, out of the uh, uh, the forest, so to speak, um, uh, is to use that together. So you can have that return, and then you can have on the other side, you can have the, you know, the, the, the digging up that ChatGPT does, yeah? yeah. Um, whether, whether it is capable in terms of technology, I mean, think of the processing power, right? Search is one thing, but this thing, one billion people at the same time, mm, that's not going to no, work, no. right? To, we to, we uh, just don't have the juice. Yeah. To, 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 to wrap up a bit, because um, I can imagine that many business leaders, experts, people are listening and watching right now to our conversation. And uh, I think you said at the beginning of a conversation is really a game changer. And even though everyone is talking about ChatGPT right now, it is the it is it is not a hype. It 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 is a game changer in everything, I would say. Um so it can be also really like uh, uh impressive on how how many developments are coming after you and how you're confronted with so many things that you could do. What would be your key advice to, let's say, business leaders and businesses in general when they think, well, I would like, I have to start developing this, I have to start discovering this, but I don't know where to start. What would be your key advice to, well, let's say, start off with tomorrow? Well, I think there's really two things. You know, one is that two. of course okay, you want to okay, jump two, in. Two, two. You, you want to <laughs> you want to jump in and experiment and try everything. That's obviously a good thing, 
right? Uh, at the same same time as uh, you know, being more careful with it. For example, in social media, many companies said, "Oh, this is great! Now we can do marketing, and we can save all the money of regular marketing and just do social media." Right? Turns out, not true. Social media is expensive, probably more so than the other marketing yeah. was. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you're not going to save money just because of this tool. You're just not. You know, it, it, you're going to save some time and 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 monkey work. Okay. Um, the second one is I, I always say we should embrace technology, but not become technology. Uh, so we should cl make clear borders as to what it's good for and what it's not good for. Uh, again, you don't want to risk losing trust with your customers. I always say too much of a good thing can be a very bad thing. Mm. Uh, and that is that is true for coffee, tea, alcohol, cigarettes, and so on, but it's also good for tech, right? Yep. Too much technology can really make a mess in your organization and also your internal communication and your customers, right? So um, I would say this is a great time to have a person looking at this and figuring out all different ways and go for the low-hanging fruits, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, let's get a bot going that's going to try some customer service. Uh, let's make some, uh, for example, microsites. I'm a great fan of microsites. Like I have the site called AIfutures.live the text was made mostly by AI. Yeah. It's a site I make in 14 minutes, you know, yeah. using it. And so, and so this can be done now. Yeah. So, uh, so it, 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 it won't uh, make any profits. It will cost you money in first instance as well, like social media made the example. And, and, and the quote you said, use technology, but do not become technology. I think that's one of the key takeaways. Keep calm and th keep thinking as well. That's uh, one of the key takeaways, I would yes. say, for uh, for today. Um, thank you well, so much. I think um, Steve Jobs said, uh, one more thing, Steve Jobs said, right? Uh, rest in peace, stay hungry, stay human. Yeah, right? wow. This, that was one of his mottos. Right? I couldn't have wrapped it up better, our great conversation we had on ChatGPT and OpenAI. Thank you very, very much, Gert Leonard, for your lively insights and this good conversation thanks thank you and thanks to you back home in your office at your home or in the car listening to the podcast thank you so much for your attention and who have been watching this live thank you so so much for your input because the chat was very very lively thank you so much for your input uh, for today uh, of course, you can see it all back uh, in the future because we will uh, share this as well on our platform. There are some questions coming in. Can we have an extra abstract of this chat uh, uh, in ChatGPT? We will think about that. Perhaps it will follow. But for now, I would like to thank you for watching and listening. My name is Jeroen Baardemans, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks.